Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, good evening, everybody. We're thanking and praising God for His goodness and His mercy for his loving kindness, for his protection power all week long. We're so excited tonight to be with you again. We're going to be starting with the book of Jeremiah, the ninth chapter. We're going to uh, read chapter 9 and explain it, and then we're going to do a review because I need to send out exams for everybody through chapters 5 through 9, if time allows us. I'm going to ask my husband if he will open with a prayer tonight. And once again, we want to welcome everyone here listening to uh, the study and participating. Praise God, praise God. We want to thank God once again for giving us this opportunity. And as we go come before him, we want to give it all to him tonight. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, even as we come before you, God. God, we are praying, God, that you have your way in our lives, God. And God, that we will speak the words that you have us to speak, God. And God, through our stand, that we will touch somebody to tell them of your goodness and your mercy, God. And God, we ask you, God, that you would open up the windows of heaven, God. And Lord, that you would pour out your spirit upon each and every one of us tonight, God. And God, that we, God, will just move by your power and by your anointing, God. And God, we commit it in your hand tonight. God, Lord, the Bible study, God, we pray, God, that God, that you, God, would touch a soul tonight, God, because, God, we know somebody touched us, God, through the words, God, and, God, tonight, God, we ask you, God, not our will, but your will be done, God, and, God, we're thanking you once again for this opportunity, God, because, God, it's a privilege and an honor just to come before you and to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor, because, God, we know, God, that time is running out, God, and, God, we pray today, God, that you, God, but just give us the ear to hear, God, each and every one that's on the line. And the one that's listening, God, that they will absorb, God, what's needed in their lives, God. You see and you know what they need, God. We don't know, God, but you know all things, God. And, God, we believe in the night, God, that through the words that you will touch some soul. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen, amen. We thank and praise God for that prayer tonight. We thank and praise God for all of our panel members and our listening audience. We give God the honor and the glory for his work and his keeping power and his protecting power. We're going to start with chapter 9 of Jeremiah. I'll start with the first four, and then we're going to ask each of the panel members to come in, identify yourself, and do the four scriptures and afterwards to explain what you have received from it. We're also going to allow you a chance to ask questions regarding the four verses that were read before going forward. I'm praying that each of you are getting something from the book of Jeremiah and uh, learning a little bit more about what the people of God went through and how they persevered in spite of all the obstacles placed in their lives. Jeremiah 9 Oh, that my head were waters, and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place of wayfaring men, that I might leave my people and go from them, for they be all adulterers and assembly of treacherous men. And they bend their tongues like their bow for lies, but they are not violent for the truth upon the earth. For they proceed from evil to evil, and they know not me, saith the Lord. Take ye heed every one of his neighbor, and trust ye not in any brother, for every brother will utterly supplant and every neighbor will walk with slanders. 
Here Jeremiah is prophesying because now God has allowed his wrath to fall upon Israel and the people have been slain and they've been burnt and their carcasses laying all over the land. So he began to say, if you're like water, running, and there's no end to it, that his eyes be the fountain to that water so that he could weep all day and all night for the slain of Israel. But that's not so. He's remorseful of what God has for disobedience. When he says, oh, that I had a wilderness, a lodging place, he was saying if there was some place that he could go into the wilderness to hide and to yeah. stay there for a while, that he could get away from the people, the stench and all that they've done, the sins that they have done, that he would want to go there just for peace of mind. And that because they are all adulterous and assemblies of trash, he couldn't trust anyone. Everyone was sinning. No one was respecting the fact that God had delivered them and brought them into this land. And he was weary with the people. And then they, he said they bend their tongues. Their tongues are like twisted, like vipers. They're always telling an untruth instead of telling the truth. So what comes from their mouths, he could not believe. And they are not violent. They're not trustworthy. getting better, they were getting worse, and their sins were getting greater and more corrupt, and that to the point where they appeared not to know the Lord. Mm -hmm. So he said, take ye heed, everyone. He wants you to look at your neighbors, see what they are, know who they are, and trust them not, because the truth is not in them. They have taught with their tongues which speak only lies. They're never talking about the good of God. They're never talking about God's will or about the law of God, the commandments that God gave to us. They're only living for themselves to commit adultery, violent sin. They're lying. They're cheating on one another. They can't be trusted with anything that one person says without adding to it. So God is here. Jeremiah is so filled with remorse that all he can think of is crying and weeping for the sins of mankind. And he just looking he's looking for a place where there's no sign of the sin or no abominations, any iniquity about that there are some there's somebody there that still loves God. Anyone want to input on that? Right, I could say like Jeremiah was calling the uh, was calling the weeping uh, prophets after <clears throat> after seeing what was coming upon his people and uh, but weep every day every day and every night because he saw the death that that death would be many and he also said uh, he want he wanted to go from them but he would but he could not because. He was the only one standing between them and a total destruction. Total destruction. He would have. He was the only one that could do them. But he was. It was. It. Let me take my time. It was only a delivering power of God that he could stand. And uh, they bend their they bend their uh, tongues. As it were, their bows for false lies, and they are, are rich in the land, but had no no speak. But they couldn't speak the truth, and proceeded evil for evil because they refused to hear what Jeremiah was saying. And but he said, "You brothers can can with with deceive you." And has taken away your blessing. He was saying in so many words, the neighbors have received you, have deceived you, and by by speaking their words, the blessing that God had for you, that they were going to take them in number four. Amen. Anybody else want to say something about one through four? 
No. Okay, who wants to take the next? Uh... I'll take it. And they were deceived, everyone his neighbors, and they would not speak truth. And they have taught their tongues to speak lies and wearied themselves to commit adultery. By inhabitants is in the midst of deceitful, through deceitful they refuse to know me, said the Lord. Therefore, thus said the Lord of hosts, Behold, I have melt, thee, melt them and tried them, for how shall I do for the daughter of my people? Their tongues is as an arrow shot out. It speak deceit, and, and one speak peacefully to his neighbor with his mouth, but his heart is laid, laid waste. Okay, and this he was saying, they were deceitful, so it was easy for them to deceive, to be deceivers. They would deceive everyone, every one of his neighbors. That's at number five. The Holy, the Holy Ghost told him that these, in, <clears throat> that these individuals could not speak the truth and should not be trusted. They refused to know. They refused to know me. They would not lose <clears throat> lose the money, and they I'm sorry, and they would lose the money because they were going for gain instead of doing the will of God. But everything they got, it would, they would lose it by far. And I also say the mountain would be the seven years of cap, cap, captivities in Babylon, and when, <clears throat> because they refused to hear what Jeremiah was saying. Their tongues, they say their tongues are there, the arrow, but then sharp as the arrows designed to destroy anything that they touch. So every word that you that see out of their mouth, they had nothing good to say. All they bought was destruction. All they bought was just to tear down because they wouldn't wait on God and do what God had them to do. And they say, these are, like in, in the days now, people are doing stuff for a profit. People are doing something just to uh, come out of their mouth in a, in a, in a like in a, in a way they're speaking things that's not true. That's the reason I say the Bible also uh, always tell you to know the Bible for yourself. When you know the Bible for yourself, people can say this, but you can always go back and read, and God will tell you the right way. But they didn't want to pay that price to do what the leader of God told them. They wanted the easy way out, and God didn't want it to come that way. Amen, amen. Anyone want to share four through uh, five through nine, eight? I want to add that um, the people um, in those days, they trained, they were accustomed to, you know, they trained their tongue. They planned to to speak lies. You know, they they just, it, this was a part of them. This is what they wanted to do. They planned this. They were trained, they trained themselves to do these things. And, um, they would say anything to their own advantage, in regardless to whether it was holiness or whether it was true. They they spoke lies and they were false. And even if they were in, in their trading and their bargaining, they were unfair in any, any any deals that they had anything to do with. They were they were they were false, and they could not be trusted. And um, you know, and God turned like a fruitful land into a, a land of barrenness, you know, just because if you, you, you have chosen not to do what's right, then God turns that thing around into, you know, you're not going to be fruitful. You're not going to yield any good fruit. So that's what these people were doing. They were not yielding any good fruit. They were speaking lies. They were false. They could not be trusted. So what I wanted to add. Did anyone else want to add anything to that? Okay, who wants to take nine to uh, is it nine to twelve? I'll take it. Okay. Shall I not visit them from these things? Said the Lord, Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? For the mountains will I take up a weeping and wailing, and for the habitations of the wilderness a lamentation, because they are burned up so that none can pass through them. Neither can men hear the voice of the cattle, 
Both the fowl of the heavens and the beasts are fled. They are gone. And I will make Jerusalem heaps and a den of dragons. And I will make the cities of Judah desolate without any, without an inhabitants. Who is the wise man that may understand this? And who is he to whom the mouth of the Lord has spoken, that he may declare it? For what the land perish and is burnt up like a wilderness, that none passes through it. Amen. This is God just telling through Jeremiah what he, what, what he said he was going to do. He did. And being that he did it, now there's nothing, there's, there's no living thing there. And there won't be. Because he said the beasts of the, the uh, fowl of the heavens and the dragons have, have, have eaten them up. Have gotten, have, have, have come and um, eaten them. And then, too, I look at verse um, number 11. And I will make Jerusalem heaps and a den of dragons. And I will make the city of Judah desolate without an inhabitants. He told Jeremiah to tell the people all of these things. And Jeremiah told them that, but they didn't listen. And being, and because they didn't listen, God had to do what he had told Jeremiah to say, because we know God is a man that he cannot lie. And what he says, he will perform. And amen. And again, um, I think about when 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 God asked, asked them in verse 13, and the Lord said, Because thou hast forsaken my laws. You're going ahead of us. I'm sorry. I, 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 did I do one too many? No, you didn't read 13, but you're explaining it. I'm sorry. Let me go back to um, Amen 12. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> it says, I'm sorry. <laughs> who is the wise man? And he said, who is the wise man? That may understand this. Can you understand it? Are you wise enough to understand what I have done? Tell me, who is one? Can you give me one? Amen. And it is he, and who is he to whom the mouth of the Lord has spoken, that he may declare it for what the land perish and is burnt up like a wilderness that none passes through it. I just believe that God said, I told you I was going to do it. I said it, and that settles it because of the hardness of your hearts, because you turned away from me and despise everything I have given you and everything that I have told you. I have kept you, and yet you disobeyed me. And, I gave, and I've given you opportunity after opportunity to repent and come back to me. And because of the hardness of your heart, I had to do this. Because you made, it, it, it was abomination unto me. And God said in his word that he is a jealous God. He will have no God before him. Amen. Amen. And I think up until this point in the, the verses 9 through 12, that um, the people had did not, in their minds, did not believe that God would go forth with the right. destruction and that they were holding out for him not to do it. In other words, they were believing all that, Jeremiah was saying was not true, and the God that they thought they knew would not do such a thing. But they also knew that God hated sin, and everything that they could imagine within their own minds and hearts, whatever they could conceive in their hearts, they were actually performing these various types of sin. And at some point or another, God just got fed up with it. He was frustrated, and he became angry with that he was was still not going to do it. And when it actually happened, and the end of it, he said all he could do was weep and wail. And he was in the wilderness for lamentations, and the cattle, the fowl, everything in the heavens had fled. And now God is going to make Jerusalem heaps 
and a den of dragons. That means there is nothing but ash left there. All flesh has been burnt up. The carcasses are laying all around. There has been such a great fire that things that shouldn't be sticking together now, bodies are melted to the concrete, the construction, the buildings and all, and it's just a wasteland, and nobody wants to even walk through it. That's just how bad it is. The stench and the odor and the destruction, everything in it has perished, and now nothing can survive there. And they did not believe this would happen. Hello? Uh-huh. Uh, evidently, we are muted away from the uh, phone. We've been trying to say something from verses 1 through okay. 9. Okay. Go yeah. ahead. Just say anything. Um, Go ahead and say one. You can do the whole 1 through uh, 12. 12. I was going to let Baby go ahead on. He's, um, I mean, Minister Baby. He. Hey, man. Uh, I was just going to say that uh, Jeremiah had been commissioned by the Lord, and by him being commissioned by the Lord and being so close with the Lord, that he felt all of these infirmities, uh, and he felt all of the commotion, uh, this sinful commotion, uh, amen, that the Lord felt because of the fact that uh, the Lord's Spirit was dwelling with Jeremiah in such a great way. And therefore, he felt uh, the weeping just by like uh, the Lord felt in his heart against the people because they had been taught, uh, even by Jeremiah, amen, even uh, the generation before, because Jeremiah had been prophesying uh, so long to the people to let them know what the Lord expected of them. Uh, but they decided that they wanted to do what they wanted to do, amen, and to walk in the ways of the former sin uh, dwellers that had been before them before, amen, but God was using Jeremiah because he had such a compassion, and he wanted them to know in spite of, um, even as I show you your faults, I still love you, and I'm still trying to give you an opportunity to come back unto me, that you would know me as you should know me, and that is as Lord, um, Savior, and Deliverer. Man. Uh, Evangelist Darcy? No, you all go ahead on. Go, go ahead on. Okay. Who wants to read 13 through 16? Jane? I don't think she's there. Okay. Um, uh, Mr. Bay? Oh, okay. 13, and the Lord said, Because they have forsaken my law, which I set before them, and have not obeyed my voice, neither walk therein, but have walked after the imagination of their own heart, and after Balaam, which their fathers taught them. Therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will feed them, even this people, with wormwood, and give them water of gall to drink. I will scatter them also among the heathen, whom neither they nor their fathers have known, and I will send a sword after them till I have consumed them. Mm-hmm. Oh. You want to explain it? Okay. Um, the Lord was just uh, making it known to them that because of them disobeying him, Amen. And because they did what they wanted to do, uh, as the scripture says about the imagination uh, of their heart, they did what they, they knew what the will of God was, but they still wanted to do what they wanted to do because this is the way flesh would do against the will of God. It would always seek after that which they think is convenient to the eyes and convenient to the mind, but not that that's good for their lives. Amen. And that that's not good for their soul because God is interested in saving souls, making lives better, making minds better, and doing things that's pleasing to his heart for them. Amen. And the Lord was saying that 
even though they have disobeyed him and done evil, uh, that he had some things that he had against them. And he said that uh, even with uh, wormwood, uh, which is a, a, a bitter case, and water of gall, which is poison water, he would let these things come upon them because they needed water to survive. But he was making it known to them, I will make your life a hardship. And not only that, I will scatter you, which means I will send you in so many directions, um, amen, that you won't even know where you're going, um, but you will be going in the mouth uh, of the enemy, amen, and you will go among people that you never even knew that really existed, uh, and the cruelty of their hearts, uh, that as you are abiding with these people, uh, amen, your life will be nothing but a big disappointment because of your disobedience unto me. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Anyone want to add to that, 13 through 16? I wanted to add, too. I know um, he just covered um, the wormwood part, and it Mm -hmm. says that the wormwood part was like a type of suffering also, and it was like a, a plant that was grown in Palestine, and it's a very bitter herb plant bitter as gall, and it signifies a type of suffering for the um, the, the children, the Israelites. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, and God is, you know, it's just, it's like a, a payback. You know, you, you went after other gods. You um, you, you worshipped um, Balaam. You, you walked in your own ways. You walked after the evil imaginations of your heart. And, you know, it, it's, it's like, hey, if you didn't know what you did, now you know because you can feel it, you can see it, and it's all around you. Yeah. Amen. It was as if, well, it was that these people had a, taken on a reprobated mind. Yes. Anything that was true, they denied it. Anything that was a lie, they accepted it. Anything that was wrong, they did. Anything that was right, they eschewed it from the. They didn't want anything to do with it. And another part was when God scattered them among the heathens and sent them to a place that they knew not and had never been before, their language was messed up. They didn't know how to speak and communicate with these people. It was as if they were um, babies learning a new language, uh, learning a new culture and what have you. But people think so often that they can do whatever they want and there are no repercussions for what they do. And here we see an entire nation of people destroyed for their disobedience unto God. So we as a people of God know that at some point or another, when it says God mercy runs out on us, that God is going to come back and he's going to take care of those that are not being obedient unto him. And far be it that such a cruel thing should happen to us in this day and time, but we can't say it won't happen. Amen. Amen. Anyone else want to add to that? I don't want to add, um, just to add, uh, I just wanted to ask a question before we get through the 50 chapters. I'm listening, and I've missed a couple uh, weeks, but it, they, these people were so disobedient unto the Lord, and uh, Mr. Beatty was saying, is it because they were reprobate while they continually, intentionally seemed to disobey God's word? Well, what had happened was God had delivered them from Egypt where they had been bound by slavery and unable to give God the praise and the honor and to worship him accordingly. So some of them that were delivered with them were not God's people, but they came along through the deliverance. And what happened was those that were not of God, when they entered into this land, they saw that they were doing things that were not permissible by God for them. So it only takes a little bit of an urge to get someone to cross that line. That's why I say there's a thin line between love and hate. Well, when they crossed that line and got out there, they enjoyed what they were doing. And because they were enjoying what they were doing, they said God had delivered them to this land for this purpose. But that's not true. God never asked them to make a sacrifice. He never asked them to do the things that they were doing. He told them that he would become their God and they would become his people and that he would take care of them. But they didn't want that. They felt they were free, 
They could do whatever they wanted to. If they could put it in their mind as a thought and make it into reality, they did it. They had no respect for God, no respect for their neighbors. Possessions meant nothing to them. If you owned something and they wanted it, they went and took it. If you had a daughter and she was a virgin and they wanted her because of the lust that had been conceived within them, they would take them and they would rape them. So they just went further and further away until they became into a reprobated state. A reprobated state is when you believe the lie more than you believe the truth. And once they were in that state, except for the mercy of God, but by that time their ears are so dull they don't want to hear anything God has to say. So in doing that, they turn their back on God, and they continue to go further and further into sin. And God was fed up with it. He says they've gone far enough. Everywhere they go, they contaminate someone that has not been contaminated. And they believe that they can do the same things that they're done. So he was going to clean them out. He gave them every opportunity to repent, but they never repented. And that's what befell them, the destruction by fire. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Good. All your questions answered? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Okay. We're going to, uh, if nobody else has anything to say from one, uh, 13 to 16, who wants to take 17? Okay. I'll read 17. Okay. Thus said the Lord of hosts, Consider ye and call for the mourning women, that they may come, and send for cunning women, that they may come. And let them make haste and take up a welling for us, that our eyes may run down with tears and our eyelids gush out with waters. For a voice of welling is heard out of Zion. How are we spoiled? We are greatly confounded because we have forsaken the land, because our dwellings have cast us out. Yet hear the word of the Lord, O ye women, and let your ear Receive the word of his mouth, and teach your daughters welling, and everyone her neighbor lamentation. And um, what I get from this is, uh, even as Jeremiah was still uh, like pleading with the people to repent and turn from their evil and wicked ways and turn back unto God, uh, they now are seeing the destructions that have come upon them and the devastation that they are now entangled with, that they, you know, that they need to turn their faces unto the Lord. So say, call for the mourning women. You mean, you know, someone's going to take up lamentation and prayer, someone they can get a, a prayer through. If you would just go on and turn your hearts, not just your mouth, but turn your heart unto the Lord and earnestly repent from the ways of wickedness and the preventure God will hear those prayers and the sincerity of your heart and will you know will you know turn his fierce wrath away um but of, of course they you know they are continuing in their in their sin because they 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 did not repent neither did they turn back uh from following you know the ways that they wanted to follow and we also want to mention here that the mourning women were people who were, it was a profession for them. They would send out to have them come in, and they would weep and wail over the destruction or the death of all those that had gone on in the form of mourning the deceased. And he was sending out one of those people to come in and to wail, moan and wail over the dead. And um, this goes to show that this went back as far back as the beginning of the Bible, that these people would come out and they would be in black clothing and covered and they would mourn for the dead and they could hear the wailing all the way in Zion. So um, this is out of Zion. So please, uh, it's letting you know that there was remorse by uh, Jeremiah and this is how it was being handled through the mourning women and uh, the disobedience that was done by the people in God's anger. He cast it out. Anyone else want to say anything from 17 through 20? Hey, man, I just want to say that uh, in spite of uh, all of the wickedness of man 
God is still merciful. Amen. Lord, we're just making it known to uh, them that, hey, what uh, I know what you've done. I disapprove of what you're doing, but I'm still loving, and I still have compassion on you. So I'm still going to give you another opportunity to come out from where you are because I'm going to send you still somebody that can help you, somebody that will carry the burden of weeping and mourning for you, that they can reach me on your behalf um, because I still want to see you delivered in spite of what you have done. Um, But I'm looking forward to what you can do if you obey what I send unto you and what I have to say through them on your behalf. Exactly. I like that last verse 20 where it says, uh, Yet hear the word of the Lord, O ye women, and let your ear receive the word of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Your daughter's wailing, and everyone her neighbor's lamentation. That means to teach them prayer, to yeah. teach them to mourn, so that should anything like this happen again, to 21 through 24, and if our evangelist Jane is on the phone, I'd like for her to take that section. Yes. I'm sorry, y'all. I was speaking, when you called me before, I was speaking, and I had it on mute. <laughs> but anyway, um, um, 21 says, for, the, for death is come up into our windows and is entered into our palaces to cut off the children from without and the young men, men from the streets. Speak thus, saith the Lord, even the carcasses of men shall fall as dung upon the open field and as handful after the harvest man, and none shall gather them. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth Glory in this, that the understanding and knowing me that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For even these things I delight, saith the Lord. Amen. So, okay. so um, uh, for verse 21 is saying that um, death is triumphing upon the land. Death is has come up to the windows. It has come up to a a certain level that it has come up to the windows and even into your nice palaces, your nice homes. And um, and death has no end. Death has no limitation. And it's affecting everything. It's affecting everybody, your riches, your whatever you have. Death has come. Death is visiting everyone who has transgressed, who has decided that they're going to go into their own way. And it's Verse 22 says, Thus speak the Lord, even the carcasses of men, the, the dead bodies of men, are, the, the bodies of men are falling. And dung, it has like a foul odor that's upon the field, a very strong odor. Dung is an unpleasant smell that's, that's, you know, that's springing up from the earth. It's in the field as handful after the harvest men, and none shall gather them. And he said in verse 23 that, you know, um, if you're going to brag about anything, um, you you cannot glory in your own strength. That God is God, and God is the the one who gives us our strength. He's the one that gives us our wisdom. He's the one who's the creator of everything. And we cannot um, brag in how much we know or how much we may have gained or how how mighty we might feel when God uses us 
or how mighty we might feel when we do, when we do something. God is the one who supplies the wisdom, and God is mighty. He's mighty in His glory, He's mighty in His acts. And um, if you're rich or if you have much, you cannot glory in it. You ought to remain humble, um, um, low-minded, you know. But don't glory in your strength or glory in anything. Let your glory be in God if you're going to glory in anything. Um, and it says, verse 24, let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understand and knoweth me. And you got you got to remember that God is God. God is the creator. God is the one who gives gives us whatever we have. God is the one. But God is a God, as has been stated before, God is a God of mercy. God is a God of love. God is a, uh, is a God who is capable of evil, exercising evil as well as good. And God is the one who... Um, who judges, and God is the one who, who who does what he does, you know. And it says he exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. Whatever God does, it is perfect, it is good, it is kind, he's merciful, he's loving, but God does mean business. And, there, and, and I wanted to say that uh, it comes a time when, when God's mercy, as it is now, is let up, is pulled back. Because it comes a time when, you know, as it is today, that um, you're not paying God any attention, you're not paying his signs any attention, any his wonders any attention, um, but it comes a time when God does exercise judgment and you know, upon the earth or upon your life. And for in these things I delight, says the Lord. And this is God, and he does whatever he pleases. Amen. Amen. Anyone else want to comment on that section? Amen. I just want to say that uh, uh, even during uh, those times that this war was so vicious, uh, amen, and, and the Babylonians were so vicious, uh, amen, in how they waged war, and they would go into the houses, into the churches, uh, into the uh the castles, uh, uh, they would just go in and kill anybody, amen, and they were murdering people in such a way, amen, that uh, they would uh, murder people and just step over them or step on them and just leave their caucuses out, uh, amen, and, and if we would just visualize how things are going today, how vicious uh, sin is on the outside, uh, amen, and how it's so vicious out there, amen, that if those that know God, amen, and if they don't keep their hearts turned to God and their minds to the Lord, amen, they will be just as uh, these uh, Jews were. All they would think about is themselves instead of thinking how great God is because there by the grace of God go they. These people could have been just like those that were slain, but only through the mercy of God, God made them a remnant. Amen. So he could come back and use someone to instruct them on how he desired that they would live. Amen. And even as people were then, they were still all into themselves. Like people are now, most people now, all they want to talk about is who they are, what they've done, what they've accomplished accomplished in life, um, but they never look back and say, hey, God, uh, all of these things that has happened around me, these things could have been me also, but you had mercy, and you spared me. You gave me a testimony. Behold, I can see the works of God. And knowing if it had not been for you who was on my side, I would have been subject to all of these things that I see. And I even understand, even though I won't accept, but I know that it's you out there. But I have to accept the truth of, of righteousness on the inside, and then I can say that I know God. Amen, amen. Anyone else? Mm-hmm. I want to, uh, Mother um, Jameson, you want to take 25 through 26? Okay, honey. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will punish all them which are circumcised with uncircumcision with uncircumcised, with the uncircumcised, excuse me, Egypt and Judah and Edom and the children of Ammon and Moab and all that are in the utmost corners that dwell in the wilderness 
For all these nations are uncircumcised, and all the house of Israel are uncircumcised in their heart. Hallelujah, God. It means that all, hallelujah, God, that this God, the Lord says it doesn't make any difference in whom, you know, who you are, because they are all uh, disobeying God. And um, circumcision was a covenant, really, that God had with them during Abraham's time. But um, it's as if the people, even though they're circumcised, they're, they're, it's not, uh, they're not keeping the covenant that they had with God anyway. They're doing what they want to do. And so even if they are they're doing circumcision, the circumcision is, is uh, um, like a... Um, how do you say? Uh, formality. Hmm. A formality. That's it. A formality. And the ones that are uncircumcised is uh, um, they're the same. You know, they're not pleasing God. They're doing what they want to do. Yeah. Uh, so I also wanted to uh, sort of state right in here all of this that God did in Chapter Nine. He. Mm-hmm. Wanted to restore the fear of God in the people of God. Right. It was through, they wouldn't hear his word, they wouldn't hear his warnings, they wouldn't take heed to his calls for repentance. They just went further and further into evil and evil versus evil. Whatever evil they could imagine they were doing. But here, in the end, when it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will punish all them which are circumcised with the uncircumcised. Now God has put the fear back into the hearts of the people, and we want to see where they're going to go from from here. If they're going to, those that survive, are they going to pick up the pieces and do the will of God, or exactly what's going to happen? Because he's already destroyed all those that were disobedient, seed planters of evil. So it's a very exciting chapter, and it makes us as a people of God and teachers and panel members look at the lifestyle that people are living today as well as our own personal lives to see where we fall short in giving God his honor and his glory. Are we being disobedient or disrespectful? Are we breaking the covenant that God has given with us? Are we disrespecting his word and not doing his perfected will, or we just standing and marking time and not doing anything. We must be about our Father's business, and this is what this chapter is making us realize. We cannot go in our own way. We must give honor and glory to God. Anyone else? Surely somebody has a comment out there. You know, um, I do. If if we could, Amen. I, I, you have to, you have to see the love of God in all of this. And mm-hmm. if you didn't, just look at verse twenty-four. But let him that glorieth, glorieth glory in his, in this, that he understand and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercises. That means exercise. He does this daily. He mm-hmm. does this 24-7, 7-24 or whatever you want to call it. He exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, throughout the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. I love you so much that as bad as you are, as hard-headed as you are, as so disloyal you are to me, mm-hmm. I exercise. That means he he works loving kindness. He he imparts loving kindness and judgment and righteousness. That's true. God Almighty. Through it all, you know, in, even when people are at their worst, he still gives opportunity after opportunity for you to repent. Amen. That's what I love about God. He, um, amen, he's, he's just an awesome God. Amen. He's just an awesome God. Amen. 
Anyone else want to comment? Lord. I want to, did someone say something? No. Okay, I want to thank and praise God for all of you joining in with us tonight. I'm going to ask that, um, I'm going to close with prayer, but I'm going to ask that we be praying for uh, our minister, Keith, and evangelist Faith Flemings uh, for the death of her aunt, for uh, minister Junius and Anna Hicks. Uh, they had the death of their niece. For Gary Smith, he had surgery. He's battling cancer. They believe they've gotten everything. And for um, my family as a whole, my siblings and my nieces and nephews, and for all the people of God all over the world, wherever they may be, that are striving to do the perfected will, for those that don't know the Lord as a personal Savior, that they will come to the knowledge of it. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me. Amen. Father God, in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we come before thee never before God. Asking first that thou wouldest forgive us for anything that we've done which was displeasing in thy sight. And then, God, we're going to ask that you bless this broadcast, this Bible class, God, that we will continue to do your perfected will, God, and not the will of ourselves or the will of the people, but we will stay focused in the teaching of this lesson, God. We pray for everybody that is tuned in to listen to the word, God, for their prayers and their support, God. We pray for the pastors all over the land, God, the bishops and the ministers, whomsoever striving to do the will of God. We also pray for the sinner man because at some point or another they're going to have to make the choice, God, whether to serve thee or not to serve thee, God. We're praying that they will lean towards thee, God, and that they will grasp the understanding and feel the love that you have shown unto us. We pray, God, for everybody, sinner man, saint, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, family members, whatsoever the situation is, God, the sick, the shut-in, those that are in the hospitals, God, those that are in the prisons, God, wherever they may be, in the insane asylums, God, whatever the cause might be, God, that your grace and your mercy will prevail in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank thee. Amen. 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 Thank you all for joining. God bless. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.